Forget quiet quitting. Now it's all about acting your wage. This week, we want to talk about worker expectations in the veterinary field and beyond when they think they're being underpaid or undervalued for their job. That's called acting your wage. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And we are going to revisit that trend of quiet quitting. But now, as the Gen Zers like to call it, acting your wage. And in simplest terms, it means, hey, if you're paying me 10 or 12 bucks an hour, that's all you're going to get out of me. But before we get into that conversation about what employees or employers should expect in this whole thing, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, this is one of those conversations that's kind of, it's it's gaining popularity on social media. And, and we went from quiet quitting, which we covered a few weeks ago on the podcast. And now the Gen Zers are embracing it in their own way. And they're actually saying, hey, it's not just about quiet quitting. We are simply, as they say, acting their wage. And by that, they mean that if you're paying them a certain amount of money, and in these cases, it's too little in their opinion and the worker's opinion, well, don't expect them to go the extra mile, right? So if you're paying them $12, $15 an hour or $10 an hour or whatever to like work as a receptionist, well, when people come in and complain, expect them just to kind of go, I don't know, it's not my problem. So Becky, I guess back to the old quiet quitting and now acting your wage, what do you think is really driving this? Social media. Is it, <laughs> I, know, I feel like social media drives everything, right? Because it starts these conversations. And I think part of it is... COVID changed so much for everybody economically and then also in terms of really like financial needs and things like that. I think there was just such a, I think people learned they could eat out less and they could, when they started cooking at home, they had to live on one salary. They, you know, they had to make these adjustments and were forced into situations to view their lives differently. And I think all things kind of took a quality check and and a, we we all kind of took a moment to think about what was really important, right? And I think a lot of people were looking at their job in terms of like, is this worth my life? Because right. at one point in time, going to work was truly a matter of you potentially could catch a virus that could potentially kill you. We see people dying. I think at this point, pretty much everybody knows somebody through six degrees of separation that died or was highly affected. And at this point, I would say the majority of everyone I know has had it. Um, So we just kind of, I think, really took a time where we thought of things differently and we just stepped back. And and again, there's no like going back to normal, right? This is our new normal. So I think people are just reevaluating things in their lives and saying, we're measuring things differently. They're not measured against necessity or habit. Everything kind of got stopped, halted, and we had a lot of time to think. And I and I do think these are sort of the ripple effects of that time. Right. And, and the other thing too that we talked about in that podcast, Becky, about quiet quitting was, you know, both of us made the case that, look, this is kind of just people doing their job and only their job. And I think this is where this expectations gap is being created, right? So now you've got a manager or an owner who's looking at that CSR, assistant, vet tech, associate, and they're looking at them and they're only doing their job. They're not going the quote unquote extra mile, right? They're not staying late. They're not doing more work. They're not, you know, going over. 
And I think that really, when I look at acting your wage, to me, that's, I guess, if I had to put it into one little thing, it's just workers doing their job as written or described, right? I mean, it's like you're doing the job that you're being paid to do and you're not doing anything else. Does that make some sense to you, right? Because I think that, again, I think a lot of managers expect you to, okay, you're being paid $12 an hour. Well, but still, when that client comes in complaining about their the cost of their veterinary care, they expect you to like go the extra mile and take care of that problem. And you're going, wait a second, I'm being paid $12 an hour. No, no, no. I think people are weighing the emotional impact of their day against the financial benefit that they're yeah, gaining from point, it. Good point. Good point. So I think there are people out there who, if they work in a really pleasant, fun environment, their clients are great. They just don't have these experiences um, and they really just enjoy their job. They probably aren't even thinking about their wage when they're doing their job performance. But we're in this, I was looking at this graphic the other day because literally sitting on a plane reading an article about how an American Airlines um, flight attendant had been attacked again. They show this graph of like, you know, violence against flight attendants pre-COVID, right? And so it's like bottom line. Okay, during and right after COVID because of masks, it peaks to Mount Everest, right? And it has only come half again down, even since the mask mandate has been lifted. So now even without masks, they're seeing like eight times as many violence and threats against flight attendants than they wow. used to. So we're, I think this truly could probably be transferred to society. I think we are probably seeing, you know, half again as many difficult encounters, emotional imp- impacting situations, difficulties with our clients. Like if that's the trend across the board. Our clients are just kind of coming at us more, I think. People are just getting at each other more. And it's interesting because I, I read this part. I think I talked about this in my ethics homework about we need society to sort of keep us in these social checks. And without that time together, 18 months, two years, we started working within the how our, our little circle interacts, right? And, and right. as families, we all treat each other and interact very differently. But then we started, I think, carrying that outside. So things have gotten really crazy. But my point is simply that I think when it comes to this quote unquote, act your wage, it has a lot more to do with what is being encountered on yeah. a daily basis. And it's being weighed against the financial situation because- I think pre-COVID, a lot of us just felt we had to work. We just have to work. You don't have a choice. You have to work. You got to pay your bills. We live paycheck to paycheck. How else could we do this? With people being forced out of jobs, I think there was a whole new way of thinking. And people are like, now it actually has to be worth my time. Wow, that's really good. You, There's a lot to unpack in that one viewfinder. You may want to <laughs> rewind, rewind that because that's really very, very, very informative. But for me, Becky, also, I wonder if, you know, if managers and owners of businesses, and again, we're going to talk about the vet space because that's what we do, but are, are we being upset that our employees don't want to do jobs that weren't their jobs, right? I mean, you know, like that's kind of where I'm going with this. Like it's like the expectations gap. So we literally had an entire workforce that many of us expected them to do more than what we actually had in their job description. And now we're suddenly going, wait a second, they're not good workers anymore. They must not enjoy their job or their lousy work ethic or whatever, when they're literally just doing their job, not all the extra stuff that maybe they used to do. I would actually venture to ask, 
How many of you guys out there actually even have a job description? Yeah, good point. Out, uh, an official job description. So you probably replied to an ad. They were hiring a veterinary technician. There was probably a list of things that you must be required to do to get that job. But chances are, and maybe not on the veterinary side as much, but it definitely in support staff level, I bet you they don't even have a formal job description to understand what is or is not their job. So we leave these employees to guessing, feeling it out, figuring it out, following the leader kind of thing. Then we live in an atmosphere of, hey, you're not doing your job. Okay, well, what is my job? Nobody actually told me. It just seems to be every task you decide to throw at me. Or you have a job description with that, with that line, that final line, right? Other duties as assigned. Right. And so we leave these job descriptions open to saying, well, I assigned it, it's an other duty, and it's in your job description now. So I think the foundational problem here, honestly, is most people probably don't even have a job description. Right, right, right. They're sitting around saying, it's not my job, but but is whose job is it then? <laughs> right, we don't even right. know. Right. And this is that expectations gap. And you know, Becky, I just got back from a conference and uh, and I had a whole session on this. You know, how do how do we train and how do we manage, you know, employees in different positions? And the whole thing was founded on understanding what the job entailed, right? So I think yeah. that for us, you're right. There's there's so much ambiguity that people just don't know what to do. The other thing too, Becky, that I'm encountering a lot is managers and owners of vet clinics, they're frustrated and they're telling me this, they're going, you know, I just gave everybody this massive raise, right? And maybe it wasn't so massive, but to them it was, okay? And and they're now complaining about this or that or what, whatever. Well, I think the other thing we have to keep in mind is that those wage increases that maybe you did give the raise to your staff, did it keep pace with inflation? Because a lot of employees are going, okay, yeah, I got this little, you know, 10% increase, but it's not buying me any more groceries, right? So, I mean, I think there's also that gap between, between you know, I mean, you know, most vets and most owners are going to say, if I pay you more, I expect you to do more. Now, like you and I have just said, they didn't include or update their job description, but regardless, they go, okay, I'm paying you more, so do more or don't complain about it more or whatever. And suddenly, you know, we're going, wait a second, is it keeping pace with inflation? Because I don't think it is. Well, uh, okay, there's a lot there because first of all, if you're paying me more because I'm doing a good job at my job, <laughs> then you shouldn't be giving me more things. You just gave me, a, an, if you're giving me more responsibilities, you have to give me more money. Right. And I think this, I hear this a lot among credentialed technicians, other support staff where I got put in charge of inventory, like, but there was no pay change. There's no right, right. different, right? It's just like, oh, hey, I trust you. You're doing a great job. Here's more responsibility. That's proof I trust you. And how, can we talk about a more toxic relationship, please? Right. So, oh, so, so if you're giving your employee a raise because they're doing a great job and you want to say thank you, then adding more responsibility or expecting more responsibility is a super, I, I don't actually feel like I have a really nice word for that to use quick off the top of my head. You get what I think about that from the tone of my voice. If you could see my face, you'd know even better. The the flip side of that is like, if you're going to give somebody more responsibility because you they, they've shown that they're responsible and that they can do it, you owe them more money. Right. <laughs> so right. you're not doing them any favors. So stop thinking that a raise is more responsibility. More responsibility is a raise. Right. You're thinking about them all wrong if that's what you're thinking. Yep. I totally agree. And again, you know, viewfinders, from a management ownership perspective, and this is how... 
I did it. And so that means it can be done. Is you, The wage should be commiserate with the task, the skills, the responsibilities. It's it's really just like Becky said, right? You're because what we used to do is just pile on additional responsibilities without adding much pay, right? And so people have now just gotten fed up with it. The other part too, though, we can't forget the intangibles, Becky. You know, we can't forget that there's a whole lot that employees want and deserve, and we're not giving them. I mean, you know, again, they they want to be respected. You know, they want to be recognized for a job well done. And we say this stuff all the time. They want to have some kind of say in the direction of the clinic or their job, right? I mean, they want to have that autonomy, if you will. And I think that those things we also overlook. And I think that where I've, I know you and I've said this so many times on the podcast the past couple of years, what I've worried about the most is when we've had all the the stress and strife of the pandemic, did a lot of that stuff get sort of shuffled to the side and forgotten, right? And so we were so busy worrying about, oh my gosh, you know, curbside and, and people being sick and mask mandates and all that stuff that we stopped forgetting about those intangibles. Now, obviously that doesn't make up for not paying people adequately or, or barely. But on the other side of this, if you're a manager out there today and you're seeing some of this happening in your clinic, quiet quitting, acting your wage, whatever you want to call it. I, I saw another good one, Becky, a couple of weeks ago, taking a workcation <laughs> where it was on TikTok. So it's like, oh my gosh. But you know, so if you're seeing this, it's like, okay, you need to say, A, are we paying these people adequately? B, is there a good job description? They know what they're supposed to be doing. And C, am I giving them those intangibles? I mean, I, I still think that the fundamentals are there to make people happy or at least more happier. But uh, you know, the reality is I don't think we're often doing that. Right. We probably aren't. Often we aren't. But I think the other thing I want to bring up, the kind of semi flip side of this is sort of like, I guess now we're sort of asking employers to put a dollar amount on work ethic. Yeah, good point. And I started thinking about like, act your wage. I bet there's a lot of veterinarians that are out there like, oh, good. absolutely, guys, I'll start doing medicine at my wage. No problem. You guys want forty, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year doctor output? that's what you'll get because our veterinarians are doctors. They're in debt. They've gone to school. They've worked so hard. They're not making hundreds of thousands of dollars of plastic surgery, Beverly Hills money that people right. think that they are, right? right? So you do we want our veterinarians to start acting our way, their wage? Do we want some of the owners to start acting their wage? How many years did you take barely any money right, right. as an owner? You start acting your wage. What kind of manager will you be? So- I have strong feelings both ways around this because the other thing is, is like act your wage, like, okay, you know what? Act your age. If you want a better paying job, go get a better paying job. They're out there. Yeah. So if you want to work with animals and you're going to get paid fairly, hopefully find a job that pays you fair, but also check your expectations and if you're all about the money and you really do want to make $18, $19, $20 an hour, you can go to Bucky's, you can go to Starbucks, you can go work at a gas station. You can, you think you get tra- treated bad in the veterinary industry? Go check the ladies' room at a truck stop and get paid $20 an hour. I hope that's worth your time. So I, I have strong feelings on both sides because I do feel like to some extent, this is going to become a rhetoric and a wave of just... Oh, everybody. Oh, this is the attitude now. So I'm taking on this attitude. Is anybody really helping anyone step back to evaluate what it is you actually want, what it is you actually need, what a real expectation is? And are our employees, are, are we asking them what their expectations are? 
there you might have employees who are like, yes, I get paid $12 an hour. I'm perfectly fine with that. I, this is my job. I want to come here. I want to go home. And that is all you're going to get from me. And then there's others who are like, hey, I want to learn everything. I want to grow. I eventually want to be here. I've got a plan. So don't assume that your employees want more or less as it is. Start having that conversation. Right. And, and again, viewfinders, this, you know, I hate to throw this term back out at you because I think it's so misinterpreted and under, misunderstood. And that is the culture of your clinic, right? I mean, so all these things that we're talking about, the, the, whether or not you find much meaning and happiness in your job often is by the people that you're surrounding yourself with, right? It's often by how the owners and managers, you know, sort of interact with you. Do they support and nurture you? And, and I know that sometimes people think, well, gosh, that's just words and it's easy to say and platitudes, but it's not. I mean, in fact, you know, when you talk to people that are working in these types of clinics, they, they really, it's hard to get your head to see the other side of it. And again, as an owner and as a manager, you know, for me, it's like once you go to this other side of thinking, you can't imagine why you would ever, you know, be on the other side. You, you just go, wow, it's so much more fun and, and enjoyable to actually be supportive of others, right? I mean, so I, I know, again, lots of words, easier said than done, but it can be done and it is being done. Right. And I think if you ask your employees what they love about working at the clinic, it's it's not going to be the fact that I get paid, even if they, like, they're mm -hmm. going to appreciate a living salary. But like you said, there's so much more. Right. And they absolutely need and deserve a living salary. I'm not saying that they shouldn't, right, right, right. but I'm just like the idea that we put everything into that at this point and we aren't talking. I just, it worries me, especially for the younger generations that I think tend to just listen, right? And and then say, okay, this is the attitude that we, we should have. This is where, this is what it looks like. And, and so they come in with these expectations of like, you know, demanding certain things and having these unicorn clinics and X, Y, and Z without maybe having a real understanding. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think there are just certain jobs where you do have to, I guess with every job, you have to do your own homework and you also have to have your own accountability. And then, you know, if it's not a good culture, it's, it, there isn't a dollar amount that's going to fix that. You can't, you can throw as much money as, as you want at your employees. If you're, throwing things at their heads on top of it, it's never going to be enough money. Um, I think that this is a real important time to have these conversations though, because your employees and your teammates are, this is what they're listening to. When they get off work, when they're in the bathroom, right. flipping through the TikToks, this is what they're listening to. Right. So I think this is a really important thing to get in front of. Yeah, and again, that's that's why we're highlighting this viewfinders because we know that we have a wide spectrum of listeners from owners, managers, employees. We know we get that, but what we also are trying to highlight are the things that you're being exposed to, and these are very big trends. And again, I'm not a big TikToker, but you know, I do look at it, and my wife certainly is always sharing these things. and And so, what's what Becky said is bears repeating. Uh, and so, again, they're going home, they're on their lunch break or whatever, and they're flipping their scroll. And, and suddenly they're all they're seeing are people saying, hey, here's how I did this or here's, and they're actually, you know, what I find interesting, at least the ones that, uh, that Laura has shared with me, Becky, is they're giving you like tips on how to do the uh, workcation, right? You know I mean? They, yeah. So it's not like they're just going, man, I hate my job. They're going, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, there, uh, uh, there was a guy that <laughs> he invented this mouse jiggler. <laughs> <laughs> that basically keeps his screen active so that whenever uh, he's working remotely, that 
his boss thinks he's always like on the screen or whatever. So it's like, these guys are really creative and clever. Now that's awful to me, but you know what I'm saying is they're giving, that's, that's being shared, right? He's telling you how to make a mouse jiggler to keep your boss off your tail. You know? That's terrifyingly brilliant, but you know, that's exactly right. And like, obviously our industry is different right, in, right, right. in in that sense, but I feel like that's the mindset that that's a wave that's coming is how to look busy and not be busy. Um, And even if we, I think there's this thing of feeling left behind, right? Because if you're, if you're in the bathroom, you're watching this TikTok and everybody's being lazy. And then you're like, yeah, that must be nice. I have an ICU full of patients trying to die. And you know, uh, all of my pumps are beeping and all of my clients are calling to check on their pets and X, Y, and Z, right? I don't have the opportunity to be lazy. We start getting mad at our jobs because we're listening to this other rhetoric. We're listening to this other pattern of way of being. And it builds this like resentment almost. It's unhealthy exposure to like, hey, if you're at work, do the most that you can to not work. And I think that there is not, obviously... A flip side of that coin. See, like even in the yeah, ugliness of politics, right? We get to hear both sides. Even with the the mistruths of headlines, they fall on both sides. So you can always find somebody who feels like you do. But in this case, it's just constant from one side. Right. And I think it's important to try to balance it the best that we can. And you and I come at it from the like, regularly you and I come at it from don't take advantage of your employees. Don't run your clinic on the back right, of your employees right. and all of that. And it's very important to say too, you know, if you're an employee, your job needs to be clear to you. If you're an employee, you need to be having conversations. You also have obligations. And again, you have choices that you can make. I'm, I worry about just this one-sided pounding of this new mindset. Yeah. And, and again, you know, there was another one uh, that I remember Lars showed me a couple of weeks back. I don't remember the whole details, but basically there's this, you know, young person on TikTok and she's telling you like how to, like if the boss asks you to do things that you don't want to do or you're not supposed to do, like she, she tells you like what to say to your boss. And I remember Lars shared with me one, it was like, um, I don't know, the scenario is like, you know, hey, um, I know, I know it's after hours, but would you mind like she's getting a text or an email or something. It's like asking her to do this one little quick thing, but she's, you know, off the clock, if so to speak. And like yeah. this person tells you, like, she says, these are some good responses. And the responses were like, you know, respectfully, uh, you know, boss, uh, I'd really rather spend time with my family. And this is, you know, my my personal time now. And just, you know, so, so remember, viewfinders, this is stuff that's not just complaint oriented. These people are offering solutions, <laughs> if you will, yeah. as well. Uh, and, and again, you know, Becky, I'm still embarrassed. I, I got to be honest. I mean, our federal minimum wage is 725. I mean, you know, this is 2022. I mean, no nobody, but yet that's a yardstick that people use, right? So employers say, well, the federal, I'm paying you twice the federal minimum wage. And it's like, really? Dude, $15 an hour is not not even getting us minimum or living wage in many instances. You know what I'm saying? So so again, I think well, right, that's the thing that gets you the answer, then I'll do twice the minimum work. Right, <laughs> like, right, and right. that's all you're gonna get. And I understand and and you're right, like because the minimums are not the minimum best we can do. That it's like the minimum you can do before you're like right. in basically forcing people into poverty. But I also think that that actually is poverty. So the the and I would say right now in America, our minimum 
uh, is certainly nothing to live up to. Right, so right. I wouldn't be shooting for the minimum. And that's not, that's not a stick. You need to do other research. I think that they basically say at this point in time, most people to be happy are and to be financially sound are somewhere around $17 to $21 an hour. So if you're not paying somebody somewhere between $17 and $21 an hour is kind of like the minimum, I still say like pound those numbers out, look at what they're living off of it, and be realistic. But I mean, also, I don't have a solution to why how you're going to pay them $5 an hour more and how your clients aren't going to give back on that. And I understand that, that that rules out a whole lot of other problems for people. But I'm also saying like, then maybe not all of us need to be doing what we're doing because maybe we can't afford to. Again, this just goes back to what I've always called the mirror test. So we've talked about, again, the tangibles of the actual hourly wage and the job descriptions. But what about all those intangibles? So if you're if you're kind of confronting this, again, I'm just going to say, go back and look at your management style. Like, how do you interact with your team? What is the true clinic culture? And I think that, you know, Becky, this is one of those areas where it's really easy to dismiss or sugarcoat or ignore, right? But if you can actually find the the fortitude to do the hard work, you know, it can change everything. So, and, you know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, viewfinders, I, I got really lucky because, you know, at my, when I started my first clinic in 1993, 14 months out of vet school, Becky, you know, I was leaning on a group of very diverse types of, of mentors who were teaching me different elements, you know, so one was teaching me about, you know, cost and inventory, the other was teaching me about leadership and management, all this stuff. And so what I, I, I read a ton of stuff and everybody at that time was starting to move this shift away from like this industrialized, very systematized, you know, automated Android-like, you know, <laughs> workforce to saying, wait a second, we've got to look at people's needs, right? And so I, I will still argue to this day that you have to balance the money with the culture and, and it can be done. This isn't unicorn stuff, Becky, and it can't be unicorn stuff, right? Because if it's unicorn stuff, that's not a profession that's going to sustain itself. And, you know, this is not unique to us. I mean, these TikTokers are not vet employees. This is happening all across the, the workforce. But, you know, the reality is we want to fo focus on us and how we can improve it. I don't know. Any last bits of advice about uh, acting your wage and quiet quitting and workcations, Becky? Well, I guess I would say just a just to recognize the middle management out there who's stuck between the owner and the employees who knows it's not fair and has very little power to do over it. Um, I think that this is probably the hardest for those guys. And again, I, I just lean into having conversations, being transparent and, and talking with your employees about this. Don't even wait for it to get brought up. Like say, hey, I've seen this trend on TikTok and like, I'm really proud of you guys because I don't think that we are suffering with this right now. But I also just want to check in with you or X, Y, or Z. Yep. Um, middle managers have it the hardest. And so when we have these conversations, I think sometimes there's this group of folks who are stuck with like, yeah, that's great, but I have zero power and control over it. So just remember that conversating and managing through leading and leadership and transparency, uh, it, it is doing something about it. And, and so um, also play this out loud around your owners. Oh man, I love that. I love that. That's right. This one just turn up a little bit extra so they can hear and maybe they'll get a hint. Well, viewfinders, what do you think about acting your wage? Have you ever taken a workcation? Maybe you're on a workcation right now as you're listening to this, in which case, turn it up a little bit if you want, or if you don't want to, I get it. But we want to know what you're doing to kind of create those cultures where people don't want to act their wage. They actually want to do a great job 
and they're being rewarded for it fairly and equitably. So we'd really like to hear you. And Becky, how can we hear from the viewfinders? Well, you guys know where to find us over on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can tweet at us at Vet Viewfinder and uh, email over at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right. We are acting our wage because we love our jobs here. So uh, anyway, but I guess we're getting paid zero. So I guess, I don't know what that says. Hey, we're acting way above our wage, right? Becky? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Enjoy your day. Bye. Bye. Bye.